Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have the latest crop report from Saskatchewan Agriculture. Harvest is just getting underway. It's reached 1%. We talked with Tyler McMurchie at SGI. SGI has issued a statement urging motorists to be cautious around farm machinery during harvest because it is moving uh, from field to field on the highways and on the roadways. Real Agriculture talks with the Federal Minister of Agriculture about a goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions from fertilizer use by 30%. I talk with Jack Dawes, well-known farm broadcaster who is inducted into the Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame. We have a take a look at harvest in northwestern Saskatchewan. And we have, of course, the latest farm weather forecast at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The latest Saskatchewan crop report says harvest is 1% complete. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says combining is mainly limited to the southwest and west central regions of the province. There hasn't been too much progress since it's uh, just a, a few producers down in the southwest and west central who are busy harvesting, but it's currently sitting at 1% harvested so far for the province, just behind the average, uh, the five-year average of 2%. And uh, just to compare years, uh, last year at this time we were at 7%, so it just shows how different the two years are. So which areas received some rain this past week? Most of the southern half of the province skipped or got skipped out on the rain this week, except for the Weyburn area. They received about an inch of rain. But up in the north, places like Rostern and, and Hag got 35 mils. PA got 71, and, and the Macklin area got over 61 millimeters. So quite a bit of rain up in the north, and that'll certainly help the, the last of the crops up there to fill with seed. But are farmers mostly hoping for dry weather to ripen the crops? They certainly are, you know, um, now that we're getting into August and and everybody's kind of got harvest on their mind, many producers would like to see some warm, dry weather to start to turn their crops and and get uh, harvest underway. What were the main causes of crop loss this past week? The largest ones were some heavy rains and wind that came along with those storms that blew through the north. There was some minor hail damage as well, but that's still being assessed to make sure, you know, the crops uh, will either rebound or or if they'll be written off. And then, of course, there's the wildlife damage now that the uh, birds are moving down south again and, and grasshoppers as well. 
I heard there may have been some frost, possibly up north. There's a few parts of the northwest and kind of the northern half of the west central region that did experience a little bit of ground frost. But uh, as of right now, there's no damage reported and, and producers really hope that no fro- early season frost will end their harvest early. What has been the cause of crop loss among the rain, drought, heat, wildlife and grasshoppers, severity wise? It all kind of depends on where you are. I'd say parts of the southwest and west central, the largest factor of crop damage was just the dry conditions that they had. And then also the grasshoppers were quite awful. Uh, Whereas in the north, I'd say the wind and and the lodging by heavy rains as well, and a few hailstorms that they've had would be the, the largest contributors there. What's the cropland topsoil moisture rating? Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a declining trend just with the heat and kind of infrequent, uh, infrequent rains that we've seen. But the uh, cropland topsoil moisture is rated as 3% surplus, 58% adequate, 24% short, and 15% very short. Uh, hay and pasture is rated as 2% surplus, 56% adequate, 22% short, and 20% very short. So still very good, strong numbers there. And what's the latest figures on hay yields? Yeah, haying is finally kind of coming to a close for many producers. They've been delayed in the last couple of weeks just with some poor weather. But hay yields look to be about average to above average in the eastern and northern regions where the west, central and, and southwest are certainly still struggling with those dry conditions and their hay crop certainly uh, demonstrates that. But the average for dryland hay for all the hay crops is right around a ton and a half per acre. And for irrigated hay, it's, it's up above two, up to about two and a half tons per acre. So very good to see after a tough year last year. Matt Struthers compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. SGI is advising Saskatchewan motorists to watch for farm machinery on the highway during harvest. SGI Manager of Media Relations Tyler McMurchie says farmers are nearing harvest and many will be moving equipment from field to field this summer and fall. It's something that we try to do every year as we undergo harvest season. Of course, Saskatchewan's an agricultural province. We want to support our ag producers as best we can. We also of course, have a very vested interest in uh, ensuring that people are safe on our roads. And knowing at this time of year, drivers are more likely to encounter farmers using those highways and grid roads to move their machinery between fields. So gentle reminder to the driving public that they're going to encounter this and a few things they can do to keep themselves and those farmers safe. What are some of those tips? One of the things that we always talk about is the importance of paying attention behind the road, remaining undistracted, of course, Generally speaking, distraction is a significant and very prevalent cause of collisions on our roads. And the fact that there is going to be farm machinery, more farm machinery, uh, more prevalent on the roads this time of year is another great reason that drivers should avoid any distraction behind the wheel and just drive. You know, keeping their attention focused on the road ensures that you'll be prepared for whatever uh, you may encounter when you're driving. We also want people to realize that farm machinery, typically very slow moving. So if you're driving at highway speeds, you're going to come up on it quickly. Really good reason to remain uh, undistracted, but also just having that in mind, being prepared to slow down when you come upon one of these uh, uh, pieces of equipment on the road. 
you are also going to find that farm machinery, farm equipment can be deceptively long and wide. So keeping that in mind, we know that people are going to be looking to pass this equipment if they come upon it, but just making sure that it's safe to do so when you do make that move to pass, you know, just understanding that uh, the, the farmer may not have the, the ability to signal where they're going. So making sure that they're not about to turn left just as you pull into the passing lane. We, we do sometimes see collisions that occur in that instance, just as the, the driver pulls up to pass, the farmer is turning left. Realizing that you're dealing with a piece of equipment that doesn't allow the operator to have great visibility around in some cases, there may be those blind spots. So if you hang back a little bit, you'll be more visible to the, the farmer as well. So tell me a little bit about some of the statistics. You've got the past five-year statistics. How many collisions have there been between farm equipment on Saskatchewan roads? Yeah, there hasn't been a huge number when you look at the overall number of collisions that happened on our roads, of course. So over the past five years, we have seen 86 collisions involving farm equipment on Saskatchewan roads. Now, that's not a huge number, but the number that really catches my eye when it comes to collisions between motor vehicles and farm equipment is how much more likely those collisions are to result in an injury or even the death of someone. Because 86 collisions resulting in 41 injuries and seven deaths, that's actually a fairly high proportion of casualty per collision. And so if you keep that in mind as a driver, if you are involved in one of these collisions, you're much more likely to be injured or killed. That's another good reason why it's so important to keep safety in mind when you are encountering farm equipment on our our highways. Tyler McMurchie is the manager of media relations at SGF. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. The Government of Canada's fertilizer emissions reduction policy has gained plenty of attention. Our Federal Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food, Marie-Claude Bibeau, joining us on the phone. Thanks for taking time to join us today, Minister. It's always a pleasure to join you. So I'm, I'm sure you've been following the discussion and, uh, and reaction to, uh, to the federal target. Can you bring us up to speed, Minister, on, on what the government's plan is at this point when it comes to reducing emissions from nitrogen fertilizer, as there is plenty of concern that this means or will mean reduced fertilizer use? No, absolutely not. We are really talking about reducing our emissions generally, and we have identified that emissions ca- uh, caused by fertilizer uh, are significant. So we have to pay special inten- uh, attention and we have to invest with the industry uh, to find ways to reduce the emissions. So once again, it's not reducing fertilizer, it's reducing the emissions caused by. So this is why we are investing in different ways, putting in place the uh, on-farm climate action program, for example, it's a way to provide uh, farmers with incentives to de-risk the adoption of good practices like the 4R, for example. We are investing in the living labs, so having our scientists in the field all across the country uh, to be able to develop good practices that fit the reality of the different region of our big country. So it's really in this direction that we're going. It's a voluntary target. It's an ambitious target, of course, because we have to move the needle, but uh, it's, it's really our hope is to get as many 
farmers and the, the, the stakeholders of the industry, the producer fertilizer, uh, moving in the right direction to, to reduce the emissions. And actually, you, we can see already that grain farmers and the dairy farmers, for example, having a net zero emission objective by 2050. So we see the industry going in this direction already. So one, one of the challenges or, or big hang-ups in this is the federal government's method for calculating emissions in, in the annual national inventory report that gets published annually. That's, that's kind of the bottom line when it comes to emissions on an annual basis. That math currently doesn't take into account for our practices or, or many of the practices that farmers already do, the products they use that, that we know reduce emissions. So will there be changes to this methodology, Minister, in terms of, of recognizing these practices and products that are proven to reduce nitrous oxide emissions? Mm-hmm. We already take into consideration some tillage practices, for example. And as you know, um, through these different projects that I, I talked about, we are developing better practices and a better understanding and, and the science comes with it. And our the idea and the objective is to integrate, to better recognize and integrate the results of these uh, practices uh, as soon as we develop this, this better understanding and the science that go with it, it will be possible to integrate it in the calculation. So what's the, the, the timeline for that? Is there pressure to, to get that accounted for in the calculations as 2030 is only uh, a few more growing seasons away? Well, we invest significantly in research uh, and innovation, so it will go as fast as the science can go, I would say. So if I... if. For farmers listening to this, Minister, what should they be expecting down the, down the road? Or what does it look like at the farm level come 2030? I would say stay tuned on the best practices and the better produce or inputs. Uh, we have no intention of going in a regulatory uh, direction. This is, an, this is uh, once again, a, a voluntary target, but, but we need the, everyone to join forces. Uh, we want to make sure that our soil will stay healthy, that our agriculture will will be sustainable environmentally, of course, but also financially. And and I would also say, in a human perspective, it's important that we we support our farmers uh, as well. So it's it's really stay tuned, stay connected with uh, with your association, with the, the with the industry. Just get this information on what the best practices are. And, and, you know, move forward in this direction to, to contribute to the transition toward uh, a low emission uh, agriculture. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Showers today, risk of a thunderstorm, wind southeast 20, and a high of 26 degrees, the low 13. Friday, mainly sunny and hotter, the high 31. Tomorrow, the low 13. Saturday, sunny, the high 29, the low 16. Sunday, clearing, a high 27, the low 14. Monday, sunny, the high 28, the low 14. Tuesday, sunny, the high 29, the low 13. Wednesday, sunny with a high of 30. 
Normal high is 25. The normal low is 10. The sun rose at 541 this morning. It sets at 826 tonight. And around the province... Esteban is 20 degrees, Saskatoon 21, Swift Current 22, Weyburn 20, Yorkton is 19. The hot spot is leader in west-central Saskatchewan at 30 degrees. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, at 15. In Regina, with light rain, it's 16 degrees, that's 61 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 13. Humidity is 90%, the barometric pressure rising 102.3. Light rain in Moose Jaw, 16. Winds are from the east, southeast at 15. Once again, Regina, light rain and 16. That's 61 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions. From Gowan, Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Madison Liquid Systems expect the best. The class of 2022 for the Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame was announced this week. The six individuals have played a significant role in our province's most important economic sector. One of those is Jack Dawes, a well-known farm broadcaster. Jack works part-time for The Rock FM in Yorkton as its agricultural reporter. I asked him to outline some highlights of his career. Well, Jim... I guess the fact that I was offered the job as an agriculture reporter uh, kind of started it, although my first broadcast experience was in Prince Albert to do agriculture in 87 by a, a gentleman you and I both know well, George Gallagher. And, uh, yeah, from there it was just a straight learning experience. Uh, I would say, you know, coverage of things like the the Canadian Wheat Board debate, and, uh, of course, BSE 2003. That was a major challenge to try and sort that out. Yeah, uh, th- those would be two that popped to mind right off the top. A key area of you coming into the Agricultural Hall of Fame is your work to set up the Prairie Oat Growers Association. Tell me a little bit about how that association is doing. Well, I think they're doing really well, and, of course, the initial uh, contact for me was a meeting that was held at Ituna, in uh, 1988, a year after I started in full-time broadcasting, and that sort of brought Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta together, and they began working on developing a Western Canada group. They were advised, uh, because of provincial laws, to start province at a time, so in 2006, I was uh, able to be part of setting up the Saskatchewan Oat Development Commission, and uh, 2008 Manitoba, I believe it was, and then 2011 Alberta. So those, yeah, that was a, that was a great learning curve for me, Jim. Tell me about your radio career right now. You're, what, 81 years of age and you're still on the radio? Well, again, Lucky Me offered the opportunity as a freelance with 98.5 FM in York and The Rock to, to work as a freelance and provide them with agriculture content. And now I'm going into my 11th year pretty soon, and my 10th year now. And just a great 
bunch of people to work with and uh, just allows me the opportunity to travel as I see fit and uh, just keep track of more stories and help from people like Jim Smalley. Well, Jack, we do have a relationship going back, what, over 30 years, I'd say. You and I have traded stories back and forth regularly, like what, almost on a daily basis, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, and uh, that's been a great part of it, too, uh, uh, because you being in Regina, you get different angles on stories and pick up on things that I don't, and sometimes vice versa. So, uh, yeah, it's a great working relationship, which is I'm proud of and uh, very happy that we've been able to continue. So, Jack, you've been a broadcaster all these years. You had quite a battle with COVID during its first initial outbreak. How are you doing after that? How was that? Well, Jim, for me, it was relatively simple. I was basically asymptomatic myself, had maybe a sniffy nose, and I did test positive. But, of course, uh, my wife, Jeanette, uh, was seriously hit by it. She ended up spending a month on the ventilator there in Regina at Regina General, and then in rehab there and uh, at the Pasqua, and then later in Yorkton. Uh, so she came home two months almost to the day after, yeah, being uh, testing positive. How is she doing now? Well, she's doing very well. She still has lung issues, but overall, we were entirely blessed by all the people that supported us in many ways, financially, spiritually, and, uh, you know, just being there for us. So, we couldn't be more happy about the outcome as it stands now. How long are you going to keep broadcasting, Jack? Have to ask. <laughs> well, as long as they let me, I keep thinking that maybe someday a box will uh, be open, but I'm hoping that there will be a stand in the way of closing it. I just, I just keep on as long as people will uh, let me keep telling stories and traveling around and talking to people in the industry, farmers in particular. Jack Dawes is among six people going into the Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame this fall. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com an abundance of moisture in the northwest corner of the Saskatchewan Grain Belt has provided a big boost to hay yields this year. Harry Lake farms in the Turtleford area, which is about an hour east of Lloydminster. I think the majority of the hay is up. There's the odd little bits, places maybe that were a little bit too wet to get to. And uh, I'm myself I'm cutting a few oil leases right now that uh, I'm just waiting for them to get dry. And then I think tomorrow I'm going to start on my green feed. But uh, no, in general, I think the hay crops were just excellent. Uh, our yields were probably four times what they were last year, at least in most of our fields. So very, very lucky and fortunate. Lake has been noticing an uptick in the grasshopper population, a carryover from last year's drought. Well, I've noticed lots of grasshoppers in our hay fields where our hay fields tend to be on a little bit lighter land. And uh, when we cut, uh, there was lots on the machinery. And now as we haul bales, they've grown pretty big and there's quite a few out there. So I think the regrowth is growing really good because we've had lots of rain. So you, I don't think you really notice them chewing away too much. But uh, it could be a, an issue down the road or for next year, that's for sure. Lake provides this assessment of grain and oilseed crops in the Turtleford, Saskatchewan area. They are starting to turn, mind you. There's a few oat crops that I've surprised last two or three days that have, you know, really turned. Uh, 
canola is fully potted, but still really at the green stage, and the wheat is just starting a little bit turn. Uh, I did hear of some spraying done of peas uh, around Lloydminster yesterday. My our son works at Eggland, and he said some guys were starting to do peas around there. But there's not many peas around our area right now this year, so. But I imagine they'll be the first to be sprayed. That's for sure. But I would think we're a good two weeks away or more for any kind of desiccation. I would think at least maybe more. Harry Lake Farms in the Turtleford area, about 90 kilometers east of Lloydminster. The latest figures show sales of farm tractors were down last month in Canada. The latest figures from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers says tractor sales were down 10.7% in July, down in all two-wheel drive sectors, although four-wheel drive tractors were up 28% in sales. Combine harvester sales fell 32% last month to 247 units sold. Year-to-date, farm tractor sales are down 8.3% in Canada, while combines are down 22%, reversing an improvement from June. Senior Vice President with the Equipment Manufacturers Association, Kurt Blades, says the trends in farm equipment sales in North America overall follow the economy. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Go from backyard blah to backyard beautiful with landscaping products from Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Sass Pork working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Viterra prices for canola rose $8 at $8.12.42. Number one red spring wheat went up $7.07 at $3.85.78. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $4.08.62. Feed barley, $2.72.87. Chickpeas, $9.25.95. Flax, $6.62.67. Lentils, $7.31.50. Oats, $2.96.53. Yellow peas, $4.42.89. And feed wheat, $2.99.56. At Minneapolis, September spring wheat rose ten and three quarter cents at nine seventeen a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark report for the week of August the tenth. I would like to start off by congratulating Carter Sheila, a young man from Churchbridge who has been working here at Heartland. Carter will be our new field man and part-time auctioneer. Congratulations, Carter, and welcome to our team. At our sale here yesterday, we had 400 head go through the ring, 275 cows and bulls, 125 feeder cattle. Cows and bulls still bringing a good dollar. D1, D2 cows, 110 to 117, sales to 119, 120, D3 cows, 95 to 109. Cows are averaging 108. Good bulls, 130 to 140, sales to 143, 144. From the Poyser Ranch at Roblin, 2,300-pound exotic bull topped out at 144.50. Onto the feeder market, all classes of cattle selling very strong and active. We had some small weight calves here yesterday, 375 pounders. They topped out at 310. 500 pounders topped out at 257. 600 pound steers at 252. Seven weights at 233, and 800-pound steers topped out at 225. On the heifer side. Five to six hundred pound heifers, two thirty to two forty, six to sevens, two twenty five to two thirty five, seven to seven to eight hundred pound heifers, two oh two to two ten, and eight to nine hundred pound heifers, two dollars to two oh seven. If you got cull cows and bulls close to home, please take advantage of these prices. Hamburger season will end shortly. Next week, Wednesday, August the seventeenth, 
we start our pre-start season. Wayne, Monday and Tuesday, please have your feeders in by 4 o'clock. Thank you. We have 500 head consigned in that sale so far. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,800 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 269 to $285 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,000 head, selling in a range of 266 to $285 per CKG. Hams number one sales this week are up, selling in the range of 70 to 80 cents per pound live weight. Hams cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar was up 55 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2789. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78.42 cents U.S. Packers continued to bid for uncommitted hogs with the Western Comb Belt up another $1.45 U.S. 100 weight relative to the previous day. The cumulative weekly benchmark is now $130.36 U.S. 100 weight, over $5 higher than its week ago benchmark, and will likely finish this week at an all-time high for any marketing week in any marketing year on record. Demand remains strong in all regions, but with the value of the pork cutout softening in the daily afternoon report, the impact filters into the formulas and in part explains why national formula pricing is depressed relative to the Western Corn Belt. This morning's weekly export sales report showed 27,187 metric tons of U.S. pork were shipped net all regions for week ending August 4th, the lowest for the marketing year. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. The Saskatchewan offering of Crown Petroleum and natural gas rights this week has raised $6.5 million. This week's figure is more than double the amount raised last August. This is the third public offering this fiscal year with $2.9 million in June and $19 million in April. Of the 93 parcels, 84 had acceptable bids covering almost 20,000 acres. The Estevan area had the most interest with bids covering $6.2 million for 70 parcels totaling 15,000 acres. The average bonus bid was $332 an acre with the highest bid at $2,900 an acre. On the markets, the TSX is up 176 points to 20,062. The Dow has risen 189 points to 33,498. Oil has gained 256 at 94.49 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 78.40 cents US. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock clock news on your voice for everything a this podcast brought to you by gowan canada makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides